on today's episode of the Outfielder Podcast. Ben Baseball and I are back in the studio to talk KBO baseball. We'll give everybody an update on what's going on. The Nippon League is starting back up in Japan. Is Major League Baseball that far behind? There's a lot to work out between the owners and the players, but there may be some progress. So Ben and I are going to discuss where we are and where things are going from here. Well, I want to remind everyone as well, before we get started, that today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. You guys have got to try it. It's absolutely incredible. We use it all the time, each one of us. It is absolutely incredible, absolutely worth your time as well. Head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. So basically, you open up an account, you get a free audiobook right out of the gate to get started to give it a try to see what you think. And it's a great value. You can cancel any time, even though you won't want to. It's going to help keep you caught up on books. And there's nothing more valuable than that. So do me a favor. Head over to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. Get you started and give it a try. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode number 110, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Pop Fly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. Don't you touch it. That Baseball, Ben, what's going on, man? Hello, 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 J-Mac. How are you this fine evening? I'm not touching it. That's all That's I know. That's good. <laughs> Right out of the gate. That's what, like 15 seconds in? That's perfect. Yeah. Um, do you want a wonderful Memorial Day non sequitur? I do in just a moment because I want to get... Well, yeah, actually, go ahead and start with that. That's a good idea. So, um, I don't know how many of our listeners know this, but both J-Mac's father, late father, and my father both are Vietnam veterans. Correct. So, my question for you is, did your dad ever watch Vietnam movies? He did not platoon full metal jacket he stayed the hell away from him right i want to say that he saw like full metal like he he wasn't afraid to watch something like apocalypse now but he just didn't i mean that seems like i've been there done that kind of situation to me exactly so the reason i bring this up is it's memorial day weekend a ton of these movies are being broadcast on on the good old television and um my dad uh Vietnam veteran, 69 to 70 u.s army you know play coup camp hallway all that he um He's like, oh, yeah, just watched Full Metal Jacket. And I was like, Dad, you've always stayed away from those. Like, I distinctly remember as a kid when that Mel Gibson film, We Were Soldiers, came out. Like, he and Mom went and saw it in the theaters, and he's, like, talking to the bushes. Like, don't go in there and, like, muttering stuff under his breath. They brought back flashbacks and all that. Homeboy goes out and decides to just watch Full Metal Jacket. Like, today or, like, in the last couple of days? Yesterday. Wow. That's bold. Yeah. And you know what his, his hot sports opinion on it was? Say more. I remember Firewatch and the 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 th- settings when they were supposedly in Vietnam. Uh, it was far too clean and too much pavement, not enough people. And I was like, okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think if you kind of live that, then it's a little hard for, to watch Hollywood try to recreate it. It's a little bit of a weird area i guess so i kind of get it but yeah that's that's definitely an out of the blue move but based on what you've talked about as far as your father goes on this show i guess i'm not completely shocked 
Yeah. Um, you know what, though? He gave props to Arlie Ermey for his uh, portrayal of the drill sergeant. So so definitely good one there. But I thought, you know, why not start off the pod on Memorial Day weekend by asking you about your uh, about your late father's war service and if he ever had, you know, watched or shared. Oh, yeah, I watched, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's one of those probably not more than once kind of situations. Uh, yep. Like I, I know specifically like the movie Apocalypse Now, he was. I think as a an artistic creation, he was good with it, uh, but you know it's still probably one of those things that hits hit pretty close to home. And uh, dude, so, that fucking movie! That's a wild oh my movie. God. Yeah, it's a wild movie. And like, you look at that up against something like Forrest Gump or something like that, which is not <laughs> like a Vietnam movie, but does a pretty decent job of kind of going into it. But like, eh, you know, like. I don't know. I, I don't doubt that there were some Lieutenant Dans out there, but like, yep. you know, it's, it's a little on the hokey side. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally get it. And I'm, I'm a, you know, if you want to do the, the true Vietnam movie war experience, I would recommend watching Platoon and then watching Apocalypse Now because Charlie Sheen looks enough like Martin Sheen that it follows like a linear story to where it's Charlie Sheen on his first tour, and then when he's all hardened and stuff, then he's Martin Sheen in Apocalypse. For sure, and that is a really good... I think that's a good layout of them. I'd be interested to know if Sam has any different ones. He's off this week, so we'll get we'll get his yeah, take on this next time. Speaking of, there is no greatest of all known Sam Binos. Hopefully he uh, didn't go AWOL on us. I don't think he did. I think he's just off this week uh, getting a few things done. But one thing that he brought to my purview, and I want to tell you about this. And so for those that have listened to the show for a long time, if, I don't know if we've talked about this specifically. We do this show on YouTube also. And so um, you guys are more than welcome to subscribe to our YouTube page. And uh, we're showing, we'll show video from time to time and whatnot of different things. And so I'm going to show Ben this video, but I'm going to describe what Sam got me into last week during during the show. Uh, I mean, I, I got to it after the show, but like he put this in my head. Have you ever heard of a video game called SnowRunner? No. Okay, so Ben Baseball, what kind? So what do you know about my love for video games? Let me ask you that first and foremost. Well, you definitely enjoy the competitive stuff, MLB The Show, Rocket League, all that. But you really like something where you can sort of turn your brain off like a Minecraft and just sort of sink into it. 100%. Uh, that's a really good way to look at it. I just got done beating Zelda Breath of the Wild just because, like, I really <laughs> I bought the game like two years ago and uh, finally just now got around to playing it. Sam on the last episode said that he had started that same game uh, three separate times and made it about 12 hours into it each time. Yeah, I'm about a quarter of the way into Breath of the Wild three years Dude, into playing it's it. It's just so immersive. It's a great game, though, but it's... it's well, a yeah, well, but, you know, with the kiddos and stuff, I, I have to play it in, like, 10-minute blocks. I can't ever just take a Saturday and, you know, try and chew through a, a bunch of it. So I did it with my wife where she was helping me, like, look up things and figure mm. everything out as we went. So it was kind of... She a, was the Navi to your link. Yes, exactly. It was good a nice collaborative... Anyway, so... You're right, though. I like a good, like, I don't like to think about video games a whole lot unless I, I really specifically want to. Right. And so You're more of a, let's do a couple circuits in Mario Kart, turn our brain off, and move on. Right. And, and like, to be fair, I typically put, like, a podcast or an audiobook or something like that on. And, you know, like I'm reading right now, there's a book that came out called Kingpin. It's about the uh, the whole Silk Road thing that happened a few years back. Oh. And so I've been I've been enamored with this book. And so, like, I've been, you know, 
listen to it nonstop. So sure. Sam, Sam knows this about me too. And like you remember, there was a point in time, right, not too long into us starting this podcast, where I got into playing Farm Simulator. Yes. Okay. And we're not talking about Facebook Farmville eight <laughs> years ago when all of our parents signed on. This is Correct. something else. Correct. Not Farmville Farm Simulator, where you're really just like my, like. It's as, it's one of those things. It's as thoughtful or mindless as you want it to be, and you can sit there and you can actually, you know, plow fields and plant things and mow and all that. Like, Which, just time out. That's total BS that you still refuse to play Animal Crossing, but you'll play Farm Simulator. I'll get to that in a minute because I actually bought Animal Crossing the other day. Yes. So, but I'll get, well, don't let me forget about that. We'll get to that when we get done with that. So anyway, so Sam knows this about me as well. And so Sam tells me about a game called SnowRunner, which is very similar in nature to Farm Simulator. However, Ben, this is the most frustrating game I've ever played in my whole life. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'm going to throw this up on the screen here for just a minute and while we talk about it, just so you can kind of get a feel for what it's like. And yeah, that please. The, that way the audience Welcome can see it, too, because it's worth noting that... There's just there's a a really I would say a lot going on here, and uh, one second I'm getting it up here on the the screen. Give me just a second. That would not be it. We're bad at these things, right? Hey, you know what? This uh, you know that sensibly loud money is starting to pay off. We got some good content here. Okay, That's SnowRunner. All right, so I'm gonna make this full screen so you can kind of see it over here. All right. Um, yep. and, and so we're kind of off to the side, so you can kind of see as we go. So anyway, so this game, essentially, what you're doing is you're transporting cargo between places. And there's a, set okay. of, there's a set of tasks, and there's maps, as you can kind of see. And it essentially goes into, like, you essentially are, are like, completing different tasks to transport cargo in different places. And there are different continents, like, you, you start out in Michigan, and then you move to Alaska, and then there's a place in Russia. And so, like, it's a whole thing revolved around just move i mean as you can kind of see they're looking at the map right now but your whole goal is just to move cargo so it's just driving it's uh, yes and no i don't i wouldn't i don't know if i would call it just driving um so we've got some actual like you know footage here um there's like off-roading there's like all kinds of different things that you can do in this game but never ben have i played a game where you pay for a mistake more then, like, just the most simple mistake in the world, uh, never, never have I ever played a game that you pay for a mistake as much as this one. Really? Yes, it's wild. Uh, shout out to viewer Mike Cobb. Wow, this yeah. next baseball season looks completely different. You're right, Mike. Because baseball is gone, now we're reviewing video games. We do have some quality baseball content coming up, but you've tuned into our SnowRunner segment. That's right. We're doing a, a weekly SnowRunner segment. And I I think that Sam and I are going to have to get to a place where we're playing this co-op because I feel like that's just great content. What in God's name is it? So No, it seriously looks like he's just driving through the snow. You're driving through mud, snow, anything. But like I said, you make a mistake. You are fucked in this game. And like, like, he's, like, it's one of those things you'll like, you set out to do a task, right? And then like an hour later, you might be done with that task because something has gone haywire that is just outrageous. For example, I'll give you an example of that. Yesterday, I'm playing this game and I flipped over a semi trailer. You, like your own or someone else's? My own. Okay. It was nearly impossible to get that damn thing turned back over. Well, yeah, it's a semi-trailer. Right, but like, so you have winches and stuff like that, which a winch is an absolute lifesaver. And 
you really have like so you have the ability to like get yourself out of these jams and stuff but obviously as you go along you're upgrading your vehicles you're getting better and you know like it's just kind of so on and so forth dude you need baseball to come back we need baseball to come back bad dude (laughs) it is really really bad i'm gonna skip forward a little bit so you can see can we mark you saying a wench is a lifesaver like out of context (laughs) yes Medieval times quote from J Mac. Exactly. But you've got to ask, like, you, we'll have to talk to Sam about this next week because this game, it, it's great. Like, it's fun. But, like, at one point, you're, you're going to love this. I'm sitting there playing yesterday and, like, uh, my wife is doing something else. And so, mess around on her phone or something like that. And I was like, I, I had screwed up something or another a couple of times. And I feel like now I've at least finally gotten kind of the general idea of what's going on, so I kind of understand how to manage it. driving a river. Right. Oh, oh, dude, you're, like, you're fording the river, you're pulling... I mean, it, it's a wild thing. Um, but I was just absolutely so frustrated by this game. And my wife looks right at me and just goes, why don't you just give up? <laughs> I was like, first why of all... Why don't you just give up? First of all, oh, that's per- love the vote of confidence. <laughs> Second of all, I don't give up that easy. <laughs> Why don't you just give up? Oh, that's great. And and you know, to her her credit, like this thing's just maddening to me. And so, like you know, I I don't blame her for not wanting to hear me frustrated. But you know, dude, this this thing looks like something that if I tried to get into it, I would get too into it, and like oh. I would never turn it off. Hold on, I'm gonna sh- so I'm gonna show you a different video of it just so you can kind of get a little bit of of variety on what some of this looks like. But well, while while you're pulling it up, huge shout out to anyone who's commenting. We now have the ability to read your comments on the air and to see them. So please, uh, if you're liking what you're watching, if you're not liking what you're watching, holler it out. We'd love to give you a shout out here live on the show. There you go. So yeah, man, it it I need baseball to come back for sure because this is this has been consuming me and Sam's time like you would not believe. You know what though? It's it's a beautiful looking game. It is. It's a great. It's it's. Like I said, once you start to understand, like there's some complaints about it, like some of the layout of the menus and things are a little wonky and a little bit hard to understand. And like, it's hard to understand like what to do in what order necessarily. But overall, like it's pretty entertaining. And I I don't know. I mean, is this something that we need to like stream me and Sam doing? Is that like, that seems like it's a good idea. I mean, we're what, a hundred days into a, into a quarantine. You might as well. I know, dude, that's a really good point. And I think... I, I think that the banter between me and Sam trying to get through this stuff together, because like there are videos out there where it's like multiplayer, like, you know, there's multiplayer, you know, stuff going on and people are like, you know, moving enormous, you know, loads of cargo through like Alaska and stuff like that. And you're having to work together. And I, I'm sure that would be maddening for Sam and I to go through together. But I think we should do it. I don't know. We'll see. Any dude, that's that's. <laughs> outstanding it's great isn't it um so that's where we are so before we talk about korean baseball what are your thoughts on the animal crossing honestly i'm a little underwhelmed by it i i was so you've you've hyped up animal crossing for a long time so it was gonna be really tough to live up to anything like that because just you know that's how it goes but i really feel like I don't know. Maybe I need to get more into it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna draw an inference until I'm. I'm a little further into it. I don't want to be unfair to your recommendation. Is that fair? That's fair. I, I I respect that. Okay. 
Yep, yep. No, we'll we'll give it a few more weeks. Yeah, we'll give it a few more weeks. Let me like I I feel like this thing kind of has my attention right this second as far as video games go. So give me a little more time to uh, to marinate on Animal Crossing, but I'm not too far into it either, so I can't really say a whole lot. But I have no, no makes me. Imp- well, I was gonna say I've Plus started it took to make three like, years for Breath of the Wild, so I totally get it. Right, exactly, and, and like I'm just coming off of, of an enormous game like that too. So um, there is a lot going on. I've I've already crafted a fishing pole. I've caught the fish a little bit, but that's about all I've done so far. So I don't think it's fair to judge it quite yet. You love this game though, right? Well, people should definitely sound out if they want more Animal Crossing content. Or if they want less Animal Oh, absolutely. I love Animal Crossing, especially the new one, but I still remember the GameCube one. Um, looks like we may be having a technical difficulty, so please bear with us here. Um, J-Mac, are you with me? Over? Yes, I am. Are you with me, sir? Oh, He's gone. He's dead. No, I'm, I'm going to just freestyle the show until he gets back because uh, I don't know... Uh, where Ben Baseball is, or why he is not here, but... Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Are you, can you hear me, sir? I, 10 times out of 10, recommend it. Granted, I've been playing it since the GameCube version, so I definitely enjoy it. It's all about just escaping into it. and You know, you want to do the things in Animal Crossing that you don't want to do at your house, like pull weeds, plant a garden... Um, catch a butterfly, all that stuff. Hmm, interesting. No baseball though. No, no you baseball. Just wait. No, to my knowledge, no baseball. Hmm. I feel like we should start getting our old pen and paper out and maybe write some letters. Yeah, try to get them to integrate Ken Griffey Jr. baseball. Yes, I like that. Ken Griffey Jr. baseball was incredible. Everyone had the big head. Oh well, I mean that's just that's just a given. I mean, I'm 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 gonna pull up some good old. Was what system did you play that on? Did you play it on N64? I played it on com, on my friend's computer. Oh, a, wow, that's wild. Let's take a look at this for a second. So this is yeah, we got to go a little slugfest action here. Yeah, it was slugfest on the on the uh, N64. So yeah, so that's that's more like we had like it was a backyard kids version or something. It was more cartoony. Okay, so right here there are not fans in the stand, so that's great news. That's right. That means it's possible. It is possible. Uh, do you think uh, they're going to lose four billion dollars over it? I think they're going to have a lockdown over it. <laughs> yeah, there's a very good possibility of that. Uh, the gameplay is awesome, though. That's for sure. No, that's good. It looks good. Yeah, the graphics are great. You know, there's, yeah, there's just, there's lots of good stuff. But yeah, no, I, I was never, I never really played Ken Griffey quite as much. I did a little bit here and there. Um, but I was more into like NBA street games and stuff like that at this point in time. I wasn't really on the like MLB the show type of train until probably like the late 2000s, honestly. Yeah, no, whenever I was playing on N64, it was quarterback club. Because it had Brett Favre on the cover. Oh, hell yeah. That game was awesome, though. Like, NFL uh, Blitz and all that w- was absolutely incredible at that time. But Oh, dude, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I-, I think they should. They need to get a baseball aspect into Animal Crossing. That That's my take. That's good. I love it. I think we should well, write the people and tell them. 
dude, I'm going to get out my, my old ink pen and, uh, and perhaps a pad of paper, maybe a typewriter, and go from there. Let me ask you this. Speaking of that, how do you feel about thank you notes? Um, I've started to embrace them from a work standpoint, but they're not my favorite thing to do. I remember as a kid having my arm twisted practically in order to write them. Right. But, um, you know, I think that it's nice to get a nice, a nice memento in the mail. Yeah, it's one of those things. It doesn't really do a whole lot for you. It's kind of like, huh, good. Uh, all right, I guess I'll throw it away or I'll keep it for a month and then throw it away. There's not really <laughs> a good, good, you know, compromise there. Uh, I would say, though, that like so it's funny. We've had to write some my wife and I have over the last couple of weeks. And it's kind of the first time I've actually like pinned a paper written anything in quite some time. How's your handwriting? A little, little, little rough, but my hand, uh, you can attest, my handwriting was bad before we start, before all, any of that to begin with. Let's just say it was never brilliant. I, I was, I've been told it looks like a serial killer. <laughs> just, just, perfect. Like, I, and I, I mean that exactly as I said it. I've been told it looks like a serial killer. Not that it looks like a serial killer's handwriting. The writing itself looks like the killer. That's scary. That's awesome. It's one of those things, man. You can't really get past it, you know? Well, speaking of baseball and lettering that I have a hard time reading, Mm -hmm. tell me about the Korean baseball season. So you're probably not going to be happy about the results so far. Well, how are my reverends doing? (laughs) Has it gone great? (laughs) They're dragons. What can beat a dragon? Aside from evolution, it just uh, so Sam and I talked about it a little bit last time. It's one of those things where uh, we haven't had a huge like sample size yet, so it's kind of yeah, hard what, to fifteen s- games in now. Yeah, so uh, your uh, your drag your uh, why how do you say it? Wyver- wyverns wyverns yeah I think wyverns wyverns are three and fourteen. A little bit of a rough start, and I was telling Sam last week, I'm trying really hard to like get like my head around like what like a slow start is versus like I should be concerned about this, you know? Yeah, that um, that to me is some Orioles level nonsense. It, it, it would seem as such, that's for sure. It would definitely seem as such. So like, I don't know like if it's one of those things where that team just really really stinks, or if it's really going to work itself out over time. Um, Sam is in a really good spot with the Dinos being 14 and 3. And I've got the Bears, they're in the third spot and they are 10 and 7. And I believe they've won one game since Sam and I talked last week. But you know what? It's it's still a good it's a long season. They're just, you know, kicking the dirt off the tires. They're seeing what's happening. My team, they're just setting up for the 30 for 30. I'm with, I'm with you. 100% with you. Which, speaking of that, are you pretty excited for the, the home run chase one coming up here with Sosa and Bonds? I am very excited. So the closest thing to that I have and that I have to compare it to is I believe the home run chase is talked about in episode 10 or 11 of the Ken Burns baseball documentary, which are some of my favorite episodes because I like consciously remember them happening. So it's good to like see the documentary style slant on something that I was alive and, and conscious for. I said uh, Sosa and Bond. It's it's uh, McGuire. Yeah, McGuire and Sosa. Yeah, yeah. And it started as McGuire and Junior, and then Sosa 
ripped his way in by late May. I mean, yeah, that guy definitely squeezed his way into the race really damn quickly. But, like, Mark McGuire was an absolute beast at that point in time. Oh, my God, dude. I mean, you remember, like, just those home runs every single night of just one dinger after another. Like, the guy would, was, like, about to fall over every single time he swung the bat. So, and if, if memory serves from the Ken, Ken Burns one, um, he learned a lot about how to hit from, uh, oh, God, yes. He learned a lot about how to hit, but also how to skirt the rules from um, Jose Canseco when they were playing out in Oakland together because they yeah. were the Bash brothers out in Oakland. Right. It's going to go into a lot of that story that a lot of people have probably forgotten about at this point. Yeah. So I'm really I'm excited for this one. So we just got done with the Jordan last dance one Uh, right now. They have the Lance Armstrong documentary going on, uh, which is pretty interesting, I guess. I mean, we all kind of (laughs) know. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we're not going to sit there and go nuts for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching it, but, you know, and I don't even know if I would call it begrudgingly, but it's kind of begrudgingly. Um, But. So we got that one going on. Then we have a Bruce Lee one, which I'm really excited about. I think that'll be really cool. And then oh, it goes, sure. and then it goes into this. So I'm I'm really stoked for this. I, I, this one's kind of been a, a long time coming, and I, I, they haven't done a good baseball one in quite some time. So I'm I'm stoked, man. Dude, I'm I'm stoked. Any any baseball content is great. I, I mean, that's what we're striving for at this point. Like we're just literally hoping. For anything to come back, holy God, there's a jack right there at Fenway Park. Just straight over that plain old looking monster. Look at that thing. That's unbelievable. I, I have always been curious about who at Fenway decided one day, hey, let's, uh, let's uh, you know, let's just advertise the hell out of everything that we can uh, on that wall. And which seems like common sense, but maybe not. I don't know. Any thoughts? Yeah, so um, every word you just said, I was having a, a tech issue and couldn't hear, but oh. I'm sure it was absolutely brilliant. It wasn't. I was just pondering about the the realization about actually advertising on the Green Monster at Fenway because it was just absolutely blank out there. And so just it seems like it would be an obvious thing to put advertisements up on that wall, but they didn't do that for a long time. How much to put our logo on there? Ooh, we should inquire about that. Will you do that this week? I will. Uh, do you think they'll prefer a tweet or a snarky email? Both. And I also, if I know the Red Sox, I know that they love a good snarky email. Um, I also think that we have the opportunity, so Sam put this in our chat, we have the opportunity to Airbnb a minor league stadium. Did you see this? Dude, yes. So uh, it's the... Twins Double A affiliate out in Pensacola, mm-hmm. and they have put their minor league stadium on Airbnb for fifteen hundred bucks a night. Very doable. Very doable. Like there, it said something. Let me pull it up specifically because it had all the ins and outs of what it would look like. But yeah, you get access to the field, the batting cages, the clubhouse, and and something else. So like, what? This is a real thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I have access to the field, why do I need the batting cage? That's a good question. I mean, I guess because... maybe in case I'm up there, I don't know. So let's see. So, yeah, so you'd have guests staying at the ballpark will have full access to clubhouse, a large bedroom with, with 10 beds in it, the batting cages, 
and the field itself. Ten beds? In one room? I'm hoping that's so I can bring all my friends. And I, I can't. I wish I had that many friends. I agree. Yeah, we would definitely have to. We both have to be scraping the bottom of the barrel to to find some people to go with us. But I I wonder though. Like, I can't get my own bedroom. Like, is that that's not a that's not an option? I mean, I guess if they wanted to really up the ante, they could have people stay in the suites. True. Well, hang on. It's minor league. They might not have the same suites set up. Well, it would be just on a, a minor level, if you will. Shut up. That was that was good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give myself an applause. You would. Yeah, well I mean, deserved. I was actually looking for the crickets, but we've long established. I think the crickets like moved or something. I don't think they're with. You us know anymore. what? We're, we we wish them on to greener pastures. Ah, it's good. It's good. But yeah, so. It's officially on Airbnb, though. Like, there's an actual listing. They've received 30 booking requests in under 24 hours. That seems low to me. You know, you feel like, though, if you're putting in a booking request, you have cash in hand. I wonder how many of that 30 is Sambino. Well, and that's the problem is, like, I've been down at the bank trying to remortgage my house so that I can get the 1500 to put up for this. So That's you know, right. I mean, it's, you know. I would do that, but I put my second mortgage on the Wyvern season, and I'm not looking excited about it. <laughs> it's not a great start. It's just not a great start. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I mean, leasing out ballparks, I mean, this is where we are in this whole thing? Is that I – mean, that, that's wild. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, will there be baseball again? What's your, what's your take? How are you feeling? Well, I guess it really depends on what question you're asking me. There's a question of, will there be baseball? Yes, there will be baseball again this year. Do I think there should be? That's a different That's a different answer. I don't think there should be necessarily. But I don't think that's going to stop them. Okay, tell me more. So we went over this last week a little bit about what the day in the life of a baseball player in 2020 could look like. And I thought mm-hmm. that was an interesting look about like just what the day-to-day would would require just to make sure that you're safe. And to make sure that you have everything addressed that you would like to, you know, as far as like health and and all those standards put in place. Like, I thought it was interesting to take a look at like how how we would apply those standards to what the day to day looks like for a specific baseball player. And so, like, looking at that, I just, you know, I'm not going to go over that because we've already been over that. But my take overall is that for four months of being isolated, being able to see nobody and just to be able to try to make a season happen seems really short-sighted. Especially like, you know, what, eight-time All-Star Mike Trout may miss the birth of his first kid? Right, we were talking about that too, and it's like, well, like, like what do you do there? Do you quarantine this guy for 10 days? Like, that seems ridiculous. But well, that's what you got to do at this point. Yeah. At least, at least in a sense of you're trying to keep this thing out of stadiums and stuff like that, because the ultimate goal would be to try to get people back in the stands before the end of the year. Right. Well, that Dude, won't happen, I... but that'd be the goal, right? If you're playing. So the only way that you could safely do it, I don't think that the owners would want, because they would, you know, the CDC and all that would be wanting restrictions and distancing and all that. And I, the owners are saying, if my stadium's open, I want to fucking fill it. Right, which I get that. Like that's that's the natural inclination of wanting to make money. I mean, I think that they're projecting a four billion dollar revenue loss or something like that for not being able to have fans there, which I think is, I don't know. I mean, it's a number from Major League Baseball, so I think that's probably kind of high. 
Dude, I'm just playing the world's smallest violin. Yeah. I don't care. You own a professional sports team and 100,000 Americans are dying. Who knows how many worldwide? No, 100%. And, and you're going to complain about $4 billion? Like, you know, go eat a bag of dog crap. That's what I think. Well, and that's kind of what I, I've said this a good amount, I know, since we, you know, like doing the shows during all this time is like, I understand that inclination and, and like as a business owner, like that, like for these owners and stuff, this is an investment. And yeah, the short sightedness of it is that it's an investment that quote unquote goes up every year. But like some years that doesn't happen with investments. That's just how it works. And right. it's just funny to me that all of a sudden they want to cry poor me when all of a sudden it's not going up by 10 billion. Or 10 Theoretically, billion. it's gone up every year since the strike. Correct. I cannot think of a year since then that baseball hasn't been profitable. Well, and it's weird, too, because, like, revenues and viewership and all that have declined. But it's – and we've gone into a lot of that kind of stuff already on this show about, like, the actual viewership and eyes on the sport and talking about, like, some of the issues it actually faces in that sense. But it's really, like – again, I get the, the want to have people there, but, like, I, I just – I don't think – sacrificing it for the sake of safety is a good idea. I just don't. And I think that if they try to force it, we are going to have a work stoppage. You think so? I think that there will be just as many players itching to get out on the field and to say that this is all a, a hill of beans Yeah. as there will be players who are like, heck no, I'm not going to risk my ability to play in the future. Yeah. My family's health, my, you know, like kids seeing their dad for, you know, Months at a yes, time. they're yeah. used to missing out, you know, for four or five days in the season, but not for five months. Yeah. Well, and when 100,000 people are dying, and, and that's just in the U.S., when 100,000 people are dying, rich millionaires all sitting there crying wolf about, you know, who's going to give up more is a really terrible look that you want to avoid. Yeah. No, in all honesty, like, I, I cannot extend my middle finger any longer than this. Right. This is as far as it goes. Well, and that goes to players and owners. That That's all the way around. Yeah. Um, I did see, though, before we came on the air on Tuesday, the league will present the MLBPA with a proposal for how finances and revenues will be divvied up uh, at like over a shortened 2020 schedule. Uh, Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellett both hear from sources that the owners reported uh, original desire for 50-50 revenue split will not be included in this proposal, though owners will still seek to reduce player salaries in some fashion uh, as per MLB's uh, claim that paying prorated player salaries while still hosting games without any fans in, in attendance would result in a $4 billion loss in free cash flow. Um, so, I mean, it sounds like they're going to let the 50-50 thing go for the time being. I'll be interested to see what that actually looks like specifically. It's but, like, well, we gave you forty nine fifty one. Right. <laughs> good, good job, guys. Good good negotiating. Um, I, I, I don't really have a problem with that, though, because the players already said they were going to negotiate or they were willing to, you know, figure out the prorated thing for the amount of games they played. And I think that's fair. Yeah, but imagine if I told you, hey, J-Mac, not only am I going to have you do the same job you've been doing, mm -hmm. you're now going to do it on a potentially bigger stage because there's not a ton else happening, and you might die. Yeah, oh, for Just sure. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. And I'm going to pay you less money for it. Walk me through how eager you are when I give you that that option. I mean, me, I, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. But I think, like, 
Sam kind of brought this up last time, and I think this is really important. And we talked about service time, which I want to update the listeners here just a second on how that would work in the, in this scenario. But essentially, like, I think a lot of it comes down to service time, though, and guys that just need to get, like, every year that they miss is a year that's off their career that they cannot get back. And so, like, they, they so for instance, like, there's a thing called service time, which a regular year is 172 day, days of playing time on an active roster would get you a full year of service playing time. Well, the way that they would do it is essentially, um, so I'm going to read this verbatim. It says, players collect prorated service time based on the number of days on the roster or the injured list. A regular uh, year of service time is 172 days. So regardless of how many games are played in 2020, a player who is on the roster or on the IL for the entirety of the season will accrue the 172 days of service time. So in other words, like, it's going to it's going to be in some of these guys best interest to get to the like it's a shortened season yes but it's a it gets them to the next year of free agency and i think that's how a lot of guys may look at this whether that's smart or not are two different things oh boy that's a it's a big old can of worms that we will be sure to keep everyone updated on how big of a thing of peps or tums or peps at ac or whatever the hell you've got on your desk there how how uh, how are we looking as far as uh, levels on that are we how irritated are you uh i'm gonna go with the level four out of five irritation scale okay. okay so next so i think we should go to a scale of 10 just give you a little wiggle room so maybe like a okay. seven is that like a, a four out of five is that like a seven out of ten like you want to leave some room to get more mad right that is true, but uh, I'll go past 10. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll go to 11 if need be. I'll spinal tap this. Here's my favorite part of the service time part. <laughs> oh, also, no. all suspensions of 80 games or fewer will be served in the 2020 season if games are played. If the season is canceled, suspensions do not carry over to 2021. So this is the exact same thing with the A.J. Hinch, Alex Cora thing. I'm at an 11. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I told you you want to get some room. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just infuriating. It really is. It's like me saying, hey, J-Mac, I suspended your driver's license, but I've also taken your car, so you can't do anything anyway. And when you get your car back, you'll get your license back. Right. And all you got to do is just hang tight with everybody else. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. But I, I think... Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? Just the whole thing. I know, I know. Uh, so yeah, like it's it's just it's wild, dude. And, and it's one of those things where, like I said, I don't know that it's gonna be necessarily health wise in their best interest, but I think it's gonna happen regardless. It's gonna be weird though. Like I can't wait to watch baseball players just sitting out in the stands. That's gonna be wild. <laughs> like they're just hanging out. <laughs> Section no, thirty-two. No, like that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna they have to be four seats away and within two rows of each other. And they, because they can't all be in the dugout, so you're going to have to sit out in the stands. That is something the KBO has not done. I love it. Yeah, that is not something the KBO has not, it's, they, no. it's something they have not done, but um, that might be headed that way. I don't know. So more to come this week. It's going to be a big week, I think, in news as far as this stuff goes. Dude, for sure. Um, yeah, so, especially because it's a short week, too, with the, with the holiday on Monday. Exactly. So speaking of that, and speaking of... Holidays and momentous occasions, something that I saw today. This is the first we're recording this uh, on Memorial Day. 
and this is yes. the first time there hasn't been a, a baseball game during, like, on Memorial Day since 1880. Oh, okay. So there's that. Uh, welcome to 2020, I guess. But one of the most momentous occasions that we see every year for baseball is the the uh, pre- presentation of the World Series rings. And today was yes. supposed to be the day that the Nationals were going to get theirs for last year. Have you seen the ring yet? Yes, and it is beautiful. Do you have it there to show our to show do. our viewers? I do. So I'll put it up here, and I think it's worth. Uh, so I'm going to play this nice little video that ESPN put out. Can you see it, Ben? Yes, I can. All right. So it's going to kind of unveil, and then we'll kind of go into the the actual specifics of it. But I think this is a, a really good, sharp looking ring. They they're like the Red Sox to me, though, where they have good colors to work with. You can never go wrong with the red, white, and blue. So you've got 32 custom-cut genuine sapphires for your seven. So you got seven walk-off wins plus 13 shutout wins plus eight longest wi- uh, game longest winning streak for the year. So 32 plus your four for your postseason rounds one. So 32 custom-cut genuine sapphires overall for this ring. Why couldn't they just say 30? Like, it sounds like they made those numbers work, like they finagled it. <laughs> like oh, they were going to have 32 rings anyway. Right. 108 diamonds on it, 105 po- uh, regular and postseason wins, plus a championship series, and then a nod for duality of franchise history, whatever that means for plus two of them. Maybe because they're either they're giving homage to the Expos or um, it's because of the Washington Senators that used mm. to play there. That very well could be. So I like this version of it. So this is obviously the Steven Strasburg version of it, but it has kind of the player's name. I think the capital is really cool, like in D.C. I like the number on it, the championship year, and the background of it is really cool. Uh, lots of really cool stuff here on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if – so I, I don't know if uh, shouting out to the the actual owner of the franchise, whatever they purchased it, is – is a cool thing to do on a ring, but they did. Yeah, that's weird. It's really weird, right? Um, I like this other side, the the fight finished, because that was their big thing throughout. Uh, so it's pretty cool to incorporate that into it, I thought. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, one thing, though, that really, really stood out to me is when we get to the end, and we'll look at this here in just a second so the viewers can actually see it, and go check it out if, if you're actually listening to the, the pod, but there's a pretty big cultural shout out to baby shark i'm sorry yeah so ben what is your knowledge about baby shark uh i am too familiar with baby shark uh what with the kids and stuff but okay but all right i'm with you where's this shout out so oh my god so i get oh my god video they Um, put a shark on the inside of the ring yes they did they put a shark on the inside of a ring so I don't understand. So here it is. I don't understand the actual significance of it. And it was one of those things when I looked into it, I felt more confused than I did when I, you know, came out of looking at it. But essentially, I guess they had a player whose walk up song was that all year long. I'm trying to find his name exactly. Oh, uh, Gerardo Parra. That's right. It was his walk-up song all of 2019, which is fine, except for he played for the Giants most of the year and got traded at the trade deadline to the Nats. And so they just, I guess that was like a mantra throughout the playoffs was them making fun of him about Baby Shark. 
It felt like a stretch, man. But like that was also Elvis Andrews's thing. Like right. that was his walk-up song last year. I mean, I'm sure every major league team had some goofball. But I do remember watching the postseason and some of the World Series games, and I guess the audience got really into it, mm-hmm. like doing the doing the shark thing. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, if if you're giving a nod, I, I while I don't necessarily condone it. I do understand it. Condone the baby shark in general or putting it on the rings? Putting it on the ring. I understand why they did it. Putting it on the ring is a strange, strange move. Like, for example, if the Rangers would have won in 2011, them putting a claw and an antler on the inside of the ring, like, that would make sense. Makes a ton of sense. So, like, this is the same thing. Yeah, and, and like, you know, Boston did the do damage thing. Like, that that all makes sense. That That's always... There's always some rally cry mantra to to kind of, you know, gather around in those kinds of occasions. I just thought Baby Shark was a strange, strange thing. And, like, super dated, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't stress enough, like, we live in this world where, like, things go by so quickly all the time, and, like, it's in one ear and out the other, and it's never really thought about again. Like, there's so many times, like, where I look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about blah, 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 you know, kind of right. thing. And I just... Like, it's one of those things where you have, like, uh, these kinds of fads and everything that come about. But, like, this was a popular thing during the Super Bowl in, like, 2015. Something yeah, like that. It's It's been around for a bit. Do you want like, why don't you guess uh, what year it came out? Let, let's do it that way. So, the one that made it real popular, I feel like, came out in 2016. But... The concept of like that as a as a song, I mean, hell, we used to do it as like a warm up in in high school, you know, mm-hmm. like that that song has been around for a while, but that really popular, you know, version, I feel like twenty sixteen. Twenty seventeen, you were really close. Very, very close. And so in other words, a two year old song is the mantra for your your world uh, odd move. Odd move, hundred percent. Hey, man, they brought home the W. That's true. That's true, but it very well could have been the Astros. Very well could have been. But, you know, they, uh, yeah, I, I think they're... I wish we could go without bringing them up. Oh, no, that's never going to happen. That's absurd. Uh, I, I really I really don't know that we're ever going to get past it. I'm, not gonna, I'm definitely not going to try to get past it. I'll tell you that much. All right. No, I don't want to get past it. It's just, you know, like, let's talk about agitation level over here. <laughs> it's very, very true. Um, all right. So we talked about Memorial Day at the beginning of the show. We've talked about it here throughout a little bit. You have a blathering segment, don't you? I, I do. Do you have the music ready? Oh, do I? Here we go. I miss playing. I miss doing like the POS corner and all that kind of stuff just for the the audio alone. Oh, absolute incredibleness. It's the best. All right. Okay, so it is Memorial Day, not Veterans Day or Armed Forces Day. This is Memorial Day, a day when the nation 
is supposed to take time to talk about the heroes, the men and women who have given their life in service to our country, uh, or, as people like to do, have a mattress sale and a cookout, right? Isn't that what people use Memorial for Memorial Day for in 2020? I buy my mattresses those days, but yes, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to bring up, uh, so this is a two-part segment. One, I wanted to talk about the 12 Major League Baseball players who perished in service to our country okay. while act these are people who played in the bigs so not all of them were major league active at the time because they obviously were in the military uh, but these are people who had a MLB career and died in service to the country okay got it so instead of having you guess the years oh, that's or bowler teams because that's just chaos I want you to guess which wars they died in, because okay. there are four wars. Okay, give me the options. Well, that's the thing is, there are four of them total. So think back to American wars. I mean, we and got tell me which four. So we got World War One, World War Two, Korea, and that's Vietnam. That's three. Yep. And Vietnam. And then what? And then Vietnam. Vietnam's a no. No major leaguers died in Vietnam. This isn't like the Battle of Grenada or some shit like that, is it? It's pretty darn close because it is the first one, December 30th of 1898. Mm. Uh, this was, of course, during the Spanish-American War when former major leaguer William E. or Bill Stearns, he lived through the Civil War, was a, was a youngin' back at that point. Um, he even saw service in the Civil War as a, as a messenger. Okay. Um, but basically, he uh, he was a pitcher in the National Association for the Washington Olympics, the Nationals, the Blue Legs, and the Hartford Dark Blues. At the age of forty-five, he j volunteered to serve in the Spanish-American War. Okay. And it just says that he became ill and died. <laughs> like we don't know how or anything. We just know. Just... Uh, let me see if I have it here. I Bill mean, Stern. Really uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty solid. <laughs> I mean, I guess the like so as as a messenger boy or a delivery guy, I guess that like, you know, you throws to the cutoff man, you know, that kind of thing. Like it kind of helps yep. you. I guess it just gets yeah, you in the right mindset. Yeah. Uh, so then we saw a number of people uh, die during America's very short involvement in World War One. I. I know that you know we like to pretend that we came in and won the whole damn thing but uh well, we did uh, am i not gonna be able to guess which ones or what, what are we doing here no you've already guessed the wars oh, oh i had to guess the wars i thought you had you were saying i had to guess which ones they were in got it okay oh, keep sorry about that no, no no yep yep my bad my bad my uh so we actually had count them up one two three four five six seven eight eight Major leaguers who died during World War One, and how long specifically was America's involvement in World War One? America first got involved the beginning of April 1917. They started sending over troops that summer, but the bulk of our involvement happened only in 1918. Okay, got it. So not very long, in other words. Yes. Now listen to some of these causes of death. Okay. Uh, this one person was a pilot and his airplane collided with another pilot, like another airplane. So airplane collision. What what That's, position did he play? Oh, this was Alexander Tom Burr, okay. who was a shortstop and pitcher. A.T. Burr, shortstop pitcher. Got it. OK. Yep. Played Coll for the Yankees. 
made one appearance against the Senators. He was in their farm system, but then in 1917, he uh, he went ahead and 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 signed up. So, in other words, instead of playing more for the Yankees, he'd rather crash his plane into another plane. Got it. Keep going. Gotcha. Yep, I'm with you. Next up, Don't you have me. Harry Chapman, who was a catcher. He played for the St. Louis Terriers, the St. Louis Browns, and the Little Rock Travelers. Okay. After 1917, he joined the Army and died of influenza pneumonia, October of 1918. It's important to note that the influenza of 1918 killed about 50 million people worldwide. World War One killed probably between 10 and 20 million worldwide. Pretty wild. Yep. So I do want to be respectful of time here, but we had a uh, Chicago White Sox left-handed hitter, uh, Laverne Larry Chappell, mm-hmm. uh, died three days before the war ended, also of influenza. Okay. So how many overall died because of the flu? Well... I'm going to say five or six were either flu or flu-like, you know, pneumonia, that sort of thing. Sure. As far as combat deaths, you had the pilot training. We had one who was killed by shell fire in the Meuse-Argonne Offensive, October 5th. That's Eddie Grant. Okay. Eddie Grant played 10 seasons, had a lifetime. uh, So he was a, looks like he was a batting average of 249, played for the Phillies, the Reds, and the Giants. He played in the 1913 World Series for the Giants. He retired in 1915 and became a lawyer in Boston. But when World War I broke out, he answered the nation's call and was killed by a shell October the 5th, 1918. So that's like a shrapnel death type situation. Yes, exactly. Got it. it. Okay. What else? Uh, Another one, you have one dying of tuberculosis. That's Newt Holliday, who was a... only had one major league at bat for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Ralph Sherman. Uh, he was playing in the majors, the Philadelphia Athletics, but he joined the Army instead. It was his first season. He was a rookie. Then he joined the Army. Uh, he was killed drowning in a river while training. What? <laughs> and then finally, the last World War One came. Uh, he was a German-born American who grew up in Pennsylvania. He had a tryout with the Phillies. He eventually made it pitching against Walter Johnson. Hell yes. <laughs> so imagine it's your first time pitching in the majors. You're pitching for the Tigers. It's your dream come true. While you're up against the Washington Senators and Walter Johnson. The, them and their pretty rings. Yeah, exactly. Pretty wild. Pretty good. All right, so then the next war, we had two. American ball players killed during World War II. Okay. One of whom, uh, Elmer Gedeon, uh, he was a three-sports star, played baseball, football, and track all at University of Michigan. Hell yeah. He was the first to match Jesse Owens' uh, 7.2 seconds in the lower hurdles, but he loved baseball. He started playing for the Washington Senators in 39, but he was drafted in the Army in 41. Became a B-25 pilot. Okay. Crashed into but on April. No, not quite. Did not cl- crash into another plane. On April 20th, 1944, his B-26 Marauder was shot down on a bombing run. Mm. Five of the six crew members, himself included, were killed. 22 years old, first major leaguer to be killed during World War II. Wow. Okay. What's the next one? 
Uh, next up is another three-sport athlete. This is Harry O'Neill from Gettysburg College in Pennsylvania. Uh, he actually enlisted in the Marine Corps, so he played for the Tigers, uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps after Pearl Harbor, and was killed on March the 6th, 1945, at Iwo Jima by sniper fire. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Interesting. That That is... Uh... That's a little more uh, intense than crashing your plane into another plane. One seems negligent. One seems unavoidable. To be fair, you're thinking of like planes. Planes in World War One were not much further from the Wright brothers, like Orville and Wilbur's flyer. I get that, but come on. Dude, one of the Wright brothers, the one that didn't die in a plane crash, mm-hmm. was training army pilots on the Wright flyers during World War One. Like that was his job. Excellent. <laughs> That's how far removed we were. All right. Oh, that's something. All right. Uh, one more. One more. This is the only Korean major league death. Uh, he also was a World War Two um, pilot, uh, but in the Korean War, reenlisted. Not unlike Ted Williams. Uh, St. Louis Brown shortstop, um, Bob Neighbors. Okay. Uh, his plane was shot down. Uh, he was confirmed at 34 years old, and he was the only major leaguer that was killed during Korea. Okay. Interesting. So it spans across a lot. I'm honestly surprised that it's not more, to be real honest with you. Yes. Um, I was also expecting Vietnam. Uh, I was also expecting U.S. Civil War. Like, I thought that maybe, but then again, I don't necessarily know how far back the major league records go, you know, at that point. I think the, the Hall of Records was mysteriously washed away by, you know, some sort of flood. By a flood. <laughs> yep. I don't know, maybe. It's a good thing. No, it uh, it makes sense. So those are that's your Memorial Day tribute and salute uh, to the fallen major leaguers. Well done, sir. Well done. It's I love whenever we're able to kind of bring some of that stuff into it because I think that's like there's just not a great like place to bring up you know crashing planes into other planes I, i'm not right. letting that go anytime soon by the way do we do we have a brief moment for a few other strange ones because once you sort of start peeling back the onion you find some weird stuff you know i'm all about peel, peeling back the on, onion let's go there is a wikipedia entry for uh major league players who died during their careers and let me headline we're not poking light at people passing away we're not poking light at military people dying we are poking light at someone who died fishing in 1872. That's Al Thakey, outfielder for the Brooklyn Atlantics, okay. drowned fishing in 1872. Do we know more about what happened or not really? I'm sure we could find it, but at this point, this fine reporter did not grab that number of uh, information. I mean, this is starting to... to be like one of those things that we had a little while back where Jimmy Midtown mysteriously popped up on the Wikipedia site for famous people that live in Midtown. You know, like exactly. We're bordering on that kind of thing. Dude, know? listen to some of these. Just I'm just going to go down the line. This is starting in 1872 and just working my way. I'm going to work my way to 1900 real quick. Just listen to these ta- causes of death. Okay. Tuberculosis, 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 indeterminate illness, typhoid fever, tuberculosis, typhoid, typhoid malaria, influenza, tuberculosis, bright disease, suicide, typhoid fever, tuberculosis, tuberculosis, and tuberculosis. Something tells me that 
the guy that died of unknown causes probably died of tuberculosis or or typhoid. Yes, that would be Tom Miller, catcher mm-hmm. for the St. Louis Brown Stockings in 1876. Hmm. Interesting. What so as you keep on going down that list, is there anything else that stands out to you that's just super bizarre? It does. Major League outfielder for the Washington Senators, Ed Delhanty, was swept over Niagara Falls. Oh, God, I hope he was in a barrel. Was he in a barrel? I don't know, but he is a Hall of Famer <laughs> who died Falling being over swept one. over. So this is from his biography. Oh, wait, hang on. He <laughs> fell into Niagara Falls or in the river after being removed from a train while intoxicated. So, okay, so let's let's break this up for a second. So so we got drunk on the train in the bar car. Dude, this homeboy batted over 400 three times. Wow. What was this guy's name? Ed Delahanty. <laughs> okay. We're going to we're going we may have to do a little bit more of a deep dive in old Ed for the next episode because that's an unbelievable scenario. Um but I mean to just I mean to essentially get hammered in the bar car, which we've all been there, and get hurled out Absolutely. of the train into the river next to Niagara Falls. Now, I'd like to know about the train that goes next to the river that's in front of Niagara Falls. That seems like a bad um, idea. You know, ride that L and N up up north out of Buffalo. Good night. It's true. That's... Remember when we had the idea to record the podcast on a train? I do remember that. I don't think that idea is dead. I'm just going to tell you right now. No, me either. Yeah. Uh, if only we're allowed on trains. Uh, maybe one day. <laughs> maybe next no, year. So that's, um, that's, that's the bulk of it. And I think anything more than 100 years out, you know, we're able to kind of kind of poke a little fun at that. So this one, actually, we're about at the 100th year anniversary of it. And I'll end you with this one. Do you remember why the name Ray Chapman is important? No. He was a shortstop for the Chicago... Oh, shit. For the Cleveland Indians, sorry. Chicago Indians. For the Cleveland Indians. And he was the first Major League Baseball player to die because of injuries sustained during a game. Uh, He was hit in the head by a pitch and died the next day. Like a comebacker type situation? So this was, think back, this is um, before the dead ball era. So what they would do is the pitcher's job was to scuff up the ball get it as dirty as possible, get it all misshapen, deformed, cut, everything. And so, like, you could not see the ball. Okay. It's because of Ray Chapman's death that they started changing out the ball as often as they did. Got it. Interesting. His death led Major League to to establish the rule requiring umpires to replace the ball if it becomes dirty. We're just uncovering all kinds of great gems here. It also led to the ban of the spitball. After the 1920 season. It's a damn shame. It really is. That's a it's, pitch that nobody needs to be throwing. <laughs> it's also one of the reasons uh, that Major League Baseball started wearing batting helmets. But it <laughs> took 30 years for them to actually start doing it. But it was because that was one of the examples that they cited. 30 years and a bunch of death later, you know. It's exactly like yep. the netting thing that we've talked about over and over again about how Major League Baseball refuses to put the netting up at ballparks. It's like, yeah. why won't you just put it up? I don't understand. So, this was the Carl Mays pitch. Do you know who Carl Mays was pitching for? 
Who's so, your least favorite team? Oh, most likely to kill someone on the field. I was gonna say it's got to be the Yankees, right? It is the New York Yankees. And that, my friend, is where we leave death in Major League Baseball. Well done. That's that's good work, sir. Good in- Excellent investigative reporting. Absolutely. Well, we want to wish you a safe and somber and pensive and grateful Memorial Day. Uh, thank you to all those uh, armed service people who have served. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you rate, review, subscribe. That helps us out a ton. Huge props to J-Mac for producing this episode. And huge props to the listeners for putting up with us all the time, but especially during our times of technical difficulties. We love you all. Thank you so much. Less and less of those to come, hopefully. Sam will be back next week. We've got lots to talk about. Lots to continue to go over. Hopefully we'll have a lot more about where baseball is and whether it's going to come back here pretty soon. So we want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 110 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive. And we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. 